and then leaders start falling out, just can't hardly make it. They have knees worse than ours. So it was a difficult, difficult thing. But in that, I began to see how this group of people begin to just kind of come together. And boy, girl, adult, child, it didn't matter. We were getting out of there. Now, it was almost dark when we did. The sheriff had already been called. That's just how, how this whole thing went. We did see a lot of beauty and a lot of great things. But that night, I was going to be preaching on something totally different. But as I looked out, we were late getting to, to preach. And they were exhausted. They were tired. They were just... I mean, they looked horrible, worse than normal when I looked out there. And so the Lord just kind of changed what we were going to talk about because at that point there were some leaders and there was a possible mutiny fixing to happen and a possible leader going to get punched in the throat, these kinds of things. So I just took this opportunity, and it's one of the things I'm going to talk about with you today, to share with them, I said, I want to know what each and every one of you saw today from God, what each and every one of you uh, went through or, or learned about yourself, and I don't want one single negative thought. Not one single negative thing out of your mouth to come out. We're going to talk all positive. And that was the most amazing breaking point in the whole camp. Uh, not just because they were tired and the kids got weepy and this, that, and the other, but because they were impacted. They had gone through this entire trip, and they failed to see some of the things that had happened that day. And when I began to bring it home to them that this Christian walk is difficult, and that the Christian walk is more like the seven-mile hike we just got off of, than it was the floating of the river. I don't even think I want to mention the rafting on Thursday, which I may or may not have got ejected out of the raft. And that's a whole other story. We can talk about it later. But this hike changed uh, a lot of people's lives. Um, I know Anna came out. She goes, I'll never hike again. But she made it. Uh, I think many of us said we will never go back on that trail again. But I got thinking, I would if I had the right people around me. I wouldn't do it with a bunch of kids. But the more I began to think about our journey that day and begin to apply that to the Christian life and how that works, it, it just became very clear that you're not going to get through the Christian walk much positive if you're not committed to do so. There was a point in there where we committed to go all the way. And the only way we did that is by each other, us helping each other. So there were some things that I was going to bring out. One of the things is this, if you would please stand as we read God's Word. I want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Because I want to dispel the myth today, if any of you think that the Christian walk is flat and nice and easy, and I don't want to scare you away, but I want you to understand what you're getting into, the Christian walk is difficult. And one of the greatest, one of the greatest apostles there ever was, one of the greatest writers of the New Testament, Paul, understands this better than any of us. 
And so we're just going to read uh, his story here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 21. He says, To my shame I must say that we have been weak by comparison. But in whatever respect anyone else is bold, I speak in foolishness. I am just as bold myself. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane, I more so. In far more labors and in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dan dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is a, the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without me being, my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, He who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the ethnarch under Aratus, the king, was guarded, guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. And I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall, and so escaped his hands. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we don't stand here before you saying that we've been through anything that sounds like this. But as Christians, you know we, we endure a lot. Father, I'm asking this morning that you would just open our hearts that through this very simple message we might understand that we as Christians, we as believers, we have got to be committed to something. If we truly want to see revival, if we truly want to see the hand of God move, if we truly want to make a difference in our own ministries, we have got to be committed to you. Father, I ask that you just take this service over. Father, I pray that it's your word that they hear and not my own. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I didn't spend the entire trip thinking about how bad the Christian walk is. That's not wasn't the point. 
But many times in our lives, we need to stop and think about what we're doing. Am I right? We need to stop and, and analyze why we're doing the things that we're doing. And we need to understand that God has called us into this Christian walk and that we need to be committed in that Christian walk. I'm going to give you three quick things this morning that as I've gone through this week has just jumped out at me. And first and foremost is we need to, be commit, we need to have commitment to Christ. And all of you just went, duh, right? That's why you're here. But I want to say something. There's something different than saying, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I'm going to be alright, and being committed to Christ Jesus. There is a big difference. There are many, many people in the world today, and even in this community, that say, yeah, I know Jesus. But they're not committed to Him. They don't have a commitment about them. They don't have the type of relationship that it takes. And see, we talk to these young people, and I'm telling you this morning, that relationship is the foundation of all things. You have to, you have to allow Jesus, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to come and indwell you. But you've got to get right in your heart. You've got to repent from those sins. You've got to get to that place where you have the right relationship, and then you've got to be committed in obedience to the Lord Jesus. One thing to say, I love Jesus, and I read His Word. It's another thing to say, I love Jesus, I read His Word, and I do what it says. You think that's where the church gets off a lot? I do. I think that's where many churches in the world today, they, they, you know, they, they check the box of going to church, but they're not committed enough to, to, to take time in prayer and to take time in Bible study and all the spiritual disciplines that we know so that we might hear what God wants us to do and then do that very thing. So many Christians in the world today are not seeing the kind of fruit that they want to see, see because of that. They're not truly committed. Because to be truly committed to Christ... That's a difficult road. To truly give yourself to Christ and to say to Him, Lord, whatever you want, I will do. Anybody want to stand up with me this morning and say that? Well, let's think about it. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will do. You want me to move? I'll move. I brought the story of Abraham. How committed is that? Abraham, get up, take your family, round them up, and go. He didn't say where. He just said, go to the place I'll show you. How many of us would do that today? Not many. Not many. Not many of us would get up, leave everything we know, everything we love, and move and just begin to walk and say, Okay, Lord, show me where you want me to go. I'm just going to walk until, I hit, until I'm there. Because that's what happened. But out of that obedience grew a nation. They were committed to something greater than themselves. 
So we have to stop, start there. We have, to, we have to begin. We have to analyze and make sure we have the right relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship that, that drives me deeper, a relationship that will make me do things that I don't even want to do. Anybody ever done something they just don't want to do? We talk about our kids a lot. And we've tried. There have been times that we've let them slide a little bit. Maybe more Anna than anybody else. Can I get an amen, Dylan? Um, but if you start something, you're going to finish it. If you're going to be a part of a team and you're going to say I'm going to be that part of that team and I'm going to commit to then you're going to go to practice and you're going to go to the games and when you're tired and just don't feel good it doesn't matter you're going because you're committed to that I think that's all Jesus is wanting Jesus Christ wants a group of people that will love Him, which should be fairly easy for, because of what He's done for us, that will be committed to Him in a relationship and that will just do what He asked them to do, no matter the cost. But there's another commitment that came to mind. Even after that relationship with Christ, see, in, within the obedience, there is something that is mandatory for each and every Christian sitting in these pews right now. It is mandatory. And it is a commitment to the commission. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28. You know where I'm going. Matthew 28 Verse 18 says, And Jesus came up and He spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to Me in heaven and on earth. He says, All authority, everything, has been given to Me. So, in verse 19 He says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Isn't that an amazing statement? What do you think would happen if Christians all over the world just did that? They took this very seriously. But why shouldn't we? If Jesus Christ, the one we claim to have a relationship with, the one we claim to obey in all things, if He says all authority is mine and I'm telling you to go, why do we question it? Now, there's no need to look at me like that. I'm with y'all, right? I've questioned so many things that I shouldn't have questioned. I like going up that mountain. Like maybe getting in that raft. And now I might even question getting in the canoe with my wife and daughter ever again. But I pray, pray often that the Lord would give me the strength and the commitment to never question Him again on what He's called me to do. 
says, go, and by the way, make disciples, and then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't remember what the numbers are right now, but Southern Baptists, in the Southern Baptist Convention, there are few churches that are baptizing really anybody in a year. That's a sad indictment, isn't it? Because if I'm not baptizing, that means I haven't gone and, and made disciples of them. And if we're not making disciples, which is where I think the big breakdown is, if we're not making disciples of those that we have come in contact with, then maybe we're not even going like we should be going. That's one of the reasons JT and I talk often. It's one of the reasons we try to do this 4th of July thing and, and several other things we're going to be doing throughout the year that just gives opportunity to put a face in front of a face and tell somebody about Jesus. Put a face in front of a face and tell somebody about what Jesus did for you. Because we all have that story. Amen? Not only do we need to be committed to justice and obedience, but we need to have this commitment to the Great Commission. Because Christ Jesus has called us. That should be our common goal. And as a church, that should be our common goal. There's so many churches out there that they are so evangelistic, you, we couldn't touch them. But they're about this thin because they do no discipleship. There are some churches out there that let you, whoever's coming in, we're going to grow you deep, we're going to disciple you, but there's no going outside of the walls of that church to, to reach more people. Sometimes there's even that thought of, I don't want those people in here. We like what we have. We're just going to grow deep right here. We've talked about that before, haven't we? That leads to death. That thinking leads to death of a church. So we want to, as First Baptist Wortham, and in our personal lives, be committed to the commission of God where he says we go and we make and we baptize and we teach. That's what we want to be about. And we can do that on a personal level. And So we need to be committed to Christ and committed to the commission. And here's one thing that... Um, I'll finish with. We need to have commitment to the church. You are looking at me like, I'm here. I know. So go tell somebody else. We need to have commitment to the church because we need each other. So many times. And so many times I just let this statement kind of roll off, understanding where it came from or who it came from. But I will not, I'm telling you right now, ever let that statement be said in front of me without me saying something. That whole statement of, I don't need the church, I can worship at home, no sir, no ma'am. That's not the design. We need God's people. We need other Christians around us to help us. When we were walking up and down that mountain, sometimes crawling, some of us, 
There were kids who they absolutely couldn't take another step. You thought they were the strong ones and they were struggling. And then there was someone over here that for some reason I thought, I thought when we started that, that boy ain't going to make it. We're to bury him under the rocks. Who stood tall and began to help people and encourage them to get to the next level. It became a joke. Anna would come back and she was like, how much longer? I think it's just on the other side of that ridge, baby. I don't know. It's just on the other side of that ridge. Somebody would shout out. There's that rock I said, we only have like 10 or 15 minutes. An hour later, we're still walking. Some of them are very challenged in where they're at how far it is. But the encouragement that began to happen between the adults and the little ones, some of the realized that there was an adult Standing to make sure the kids got through. They never noticed it till we brought it up that night. Folks, that's the Christian walk. And we've got to be committed to Christ. We've got to com be committed to His commission and what He wants us to do. But we need to get committed to the church. Because the church is where you and I There at church. I love this building as much as any of y'all, but we're not talking about this building. We're not talking about that building over there. We are talking about the body of believers coming together as the church and being committed with one mind. You know the story in Acts where they... They felt the Holy Spirit uh, pierce their hearts and they asked Peter, what do we do now? He says, repent, be baptized. And 3,000 people were added to that congregation that day. And what did they do? They went home and they had their own individual steak dinners and, and all this and, and never talked to each other again, right? No, they came together. And they began to break bread together and they began to, to, uh, to learn of the, from the apostles together, together, together. And as any of them had need, somebody over here had abundance, so they sold it and they gave to who had need. Folks, that's the way the church is supposed to operate. But we live in a world that's all about me. We live in a world that's all about you got to take care of yourself. And I'm telling you this morning that that's not the commitment Christ is calling us to. We need to be committed to Christ, His commission, and His church. I promise you, you do not want to head out on the Christian walk by yourself. 
And let me make a statement. We have several people that watch us on Sunday on our Facebook. I'm not talking about that. That's been a great tool. I pray it's been a great service to those who for some reason can't make it to church. That's fine. I'm talking about those who tell me in the street, and I hope you're listening this morning, that tell me in the street I don't need to go up to the church and be around those church people. I can get close enough to God right here on my own. And I say to that, try it your way. And you think you're struggling. Try it on your own. Amen? Listen, we need each other. We don't have to like each other. But we got to love each other and we need each other. And that's one thing I love about this church. We do. We do love each other. And so we've got to show that commitment to all and continue moving down the road. Amen? I told you all before, I get asked all the time how the church is doing. So don't make me a liar because I talk about how great y'all are everywhere I go. And I had I had people asking me to move back home. I forgot how big those mosquitoes were. God is going to do amazing things this next year. How many, how many of you have heard that before out of my mouth? Every year, probably. And I still believe it's true that God is going to do amazing things with this church and this body of believers when we get together and start focusing on Him. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Father, first I want to ask that if there's anyone in this room, there's anyone in this room that's, that's never had that point in their life where they've just done, they can't go any farther. There's ever been that time, Father, that they felt so alone. They've never truly asked for you to come in their heart. Father, I pray today is the day. Father, we understand that that's where it all starts. So, Father, I pray if there's someone in this room that's never accepted you as their Lord and their Savior, that you would move in their heart, that you would move them to, to accept you, that they would begin to live for you. Father, for the rest of us, I pray you just give us a fire for your word, that you give us a fire for prayer, that you give us a fire for, for reaching lost people, and that you would just bring us together and that we would be more committed today than we've ever been. Father, we understand the world we live in is committed to stop all this. Father, we just ask that you, you pour your grace and your mercy out on us, that you would give us the strength to be bold, especially as we have events coming 
in the next few days. Father, give us the strength to be bold and to speak to people, people we may not even know, Father. Just help us to have the words to say to them. Father, we're going to be sure to give you all the praise and glory because you're the only one who deserves it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would please stand.